the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thank you for joining us today for On the Road with Jesus, hosted by Rhody Fisher. As a Christian mom for over 40 years and a teacher of the Bible in public schools for 25 years, Rhody will take you on a journey with some of her friends as they share their experiences and testimonies from their walk with Christ. You'll see that you are not alone in your search for God, your victories with Him, or your failures. Welcome to On the Road with Jesus. Now, here's your host, Rhody Fisher. Welcome to On the Road with Jesus. I'm your host today, and we are going to start with prayer. Father, thank you for this day. Father, we ask that you would give us understanding of your word. Bless our guests today, our special guests, and all of us here. In Jesus' name, amen. We are in Psalm 64, and I'm going to just start reading here. And I am using the King James Version. So to the chief musician, a Psalm of David, verse 1, Hear my voice, O God, in my prayer, preserve my life from fear of the enemy. Hide me from the secret counsel of the wicked, from the insurrection of the workers of iniquity, who went their tongues like sword and bent their bows, to shoot their arrows, even bitter words. They that may shoot in secret at perf- at the perfect, suddenly do they shoot him- at him and fear not. They encourage themselves in an evil manner. They commune of laying snares pri- priv- privily. They say, who shall see them? They search out iniquities. They accomplish a, d- a diligent search, both the inward thought of every one of them, and the heart is deep. But God shall shoot at them with an arrow. Suddenly they shall be wounded. So they shall make their own tongue to fall upon themselves. All that see them shall flee away, and all men shall fear and shall declare the work of God, for they shall wisely consider of his doing. The righteous shall be glad in the Lord and shall trust in him, and all the upright in heart shall shall glory. So here is, is David again, talking about how the wicked always are attacking us, and you know who they are in your life. And, and the wicked may not be a person, may be just something that's coming against you. And the enemy likes to go around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour, and try to trip us up. God, but God is always in our court. We are a majority. With God in our lives, we're always a majority, God, us and God. So thank you for your word, Lord. I'm going to go right into uh, introducing our guest to you. We were just talking about how long we've known each other. I'm not sure whether it's two or five years. I know it's been a while, and um, I do want to introduce him, introduce him, Jasphere and Bazi. Correct. Okay. He is... Um, an expert on Sikhism. However, I do want you to get to know him a little bit better. So we're going to start right from the beginning, just fear. How, where were you born? How were you brought up? How many children in your family? And um, tell us a little bit about your schooling and all of that. Welcome. Thank you. My pleasure. I was born in the Punjab, where I was raised until the age of five. Then I went to England, and I had all my education in England. I've grown up in the West, but I do know my uh, original language, which I learned. Yes. And what is your original language? Punjabi. Punjabi. Yes. Okay. Yeah. We must be mispronouncing it. Do we say Punjabi? So that's incorrect, right? No, Punjabi or Punjabi is fine. Oh, okay. It's the language spoken in the Punjab, which is a state in the northwest of India, okay. bordering with Pakistan. And in that town that you grew up in, mm-hmm. is it a s- mostly Sikhs there? All of the Punjab is virtually Sikh. 75% are Sikhs. That's the homeland. The Punjab originally included Pakistan and also a couple of other Indian states. 
1947, when India they, gained independence, the yes. there was a split. So, yes, they split the countries up. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I do want to ask you this question because I notice, and this maybe this is maybe you don't know the answer to this, but I notice a lot of the Indian restaurants are owned by Sikhs. Is that there's a there's a nice little restaurant. I don't want to give them a plug, but I guess I am. Uh, there's a nice little restaurant down the street, and there's several of them all over the place called um, Punjab Tandoori. So Punjab is the, is the state yes. in India, but there are Sikhs. There, there are Sikhs in there that make this wonderful food. Yes, precisely. The word Punjab uh, comes from Punj, which means five. Five. Ab, rivers or waters. Okay. So it's a land of five rivers. All great civilizations grew by rivers. You had the Nile, and then you had the uh, Euphrates and Tigris. And in India, you have the Ganges Yes, uh, coming from the Himalayas. So it's a land of the five rivers. It's very fertile land. It's the farmland of India. And the Hindus actually go into that um, river, um, I think it's once a year, and they bathe themselves in that river. Mm -hmm. It's a big celebration, some sort of a cleansing thing that they do as as Hindus. Is that right? Yes, Hindus worship the Ganges, but Sikhs uh, do not. Um, So I grew up in a village in the Punjab. Okay. And which has been a real asset because not only am I now living in the new world, and I grew up in England for 27 years Wow! Uh, in the old world, but I was born in the third world yes. in a village where life was carried Slower. on. It, it was carried on like it has been for thousands of years. Yes. You lived off the land. There was no stores. You had to rely on rains for crops, mm-hmm. etc. You were with the animals. Okay, totally I, I have a I have a little question here. Were you vegetarian? Ah, that's a good question. Until the age of five, I was. Until I went to England. Okay. So um, let me give you a little background so that uh, you know a little bit uh, more about me. I was five when I went to England, and uh, my father had gone to England in 1937. He was one of the pioneer. Wow. Punjabis Mm. uh, at the age of 22, then World War II started. Mm -hmm. So he couldn't go back home. He wrote letters and they didn't get there for ages. Um, But he did very well for Mm -hmm. himself. He was in business during the war Mm -hmm. and uh, he made a lot of money. And then he went back to India after the partition after 12 years. Wow. And when he left, he left behind my two sisters. One was three and one was five. Oh, when he left Punjab. Yes. Okay. So now they're bigger. Now they're bigger. They're yeah. teenagers. Yeah, and uh-huh. uh, in those days, you got married when you were young. Yes. And uh, my sisters were 12 and 15 when they got married. Mm-hmm. You don't go to your husband. You don't consummate the marriage. You just get married. And mm-hmm. the reason was... To put it in historical context, for 800 years, Muslim invaders from Persia would come and they would take the women, the take the women, kill the men and loot because India was a very wealthy country. Take Mm -hmm. the gold and all the other precious metals. And uh, they would take the beautiful young ladies, Mm -hmm. but they didn't take the ones who were married. So they would get them married when they were 10, 12, or even younger uh, to avoid them being taken away. So uh, then when my father went back to India, my mom hadn't seen him for 12 years. He had gone as a skinny guy with a beard and turban. By the way, Sikhs uh, do not cut their hair. That's one of the tenants. I'll go into that a little later. So when he left, he had a beard. He had a turban. He was skinny. And 12 years in England, uh, English food and English beer, and he put on a pot belly and put on weight. He had cut his hair, which he had to do, because otherwise you couldn't get work. Uh And he told me that he cried the day he had to cut his hair, because a Sikh will give his head rather than cut his hair. 
Wow. Interesting. Yes. I didn't know that. So um, she didn't recognize him. So oh, I she, bet she didn't. So she didn't let him in the home. And uh, he had to go from, you know, home to home for a week or so and then come back and talk to her. And then when he talked about family and things that only he would know, he said, who is this imposter who knows so much? And in those days, because of Islamic influence, they wore a veil. Yes. Didn't show their face. Then she looked intently through the veil, my dad, and I am so glad my dad had a mole on his nose. And that's how she recognized him. Oh, interesting. Wow, what a beautiful story. So she finally lets him back home. Yes. Oh, wow. Yeah, and he built uh, the most beautiful mansion in the village. Um, my sisters got married, and then he goes back. And then when he comes back a few years later, um, uh, my mom conceived me, and uh, then he went back to England. In those days, you could not go to England. Families could not come until so the, the law men, was changed. So the men went alone? Yes. Wow. So um, in 1957, uh, my mom and my uh, sisters, we went to England, and I was age five. Wow. And your sisters were married. So did their spouses come too? The spouses were already there. My oh. dad had already sponsored them. Because oh. after World War II, there's a labor shortage. And my yeah. dad had a business and he needed labor. So he took them. Yeah. Oh, interesting. So they come and they, they're married. And the, so the whole family is there. Yes. Now, what about that beautiful mansion he built um, in Pudinjab? Well, my dad had five brothers. Okay. And... Uh, uh, one of them had died while he was in England, uh, and actually his mom died a year after he had left because she loved him so much, she missed him so much. Really? Yes. She and, died of heartache? Yes. Wow, interesting. And, and uh, my granddad died six months before he came back to India. Oh, wow. Yeah. So a lot of people gone after he's yes, gone. Yes, yes. So then you're educated in 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 England, and Correct. do you go to college there as well? Yes, I went to uh, Queen Mary College, uh, University of London. Okay. Um, I could have gone to Cambridge, but my dad had a stroke. Oh. So um, I felt obliged, my duty, to stay home, to drive him to our business, and then I chose the college that was the nearest to our business. It was two miles away. So then I would pick him up and we would go home. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I had all my education in England, a high school education. I was the only person of color throughout until I got to college. Wow, that's really yeah. something. Yes, a lot of racism Yeah, in those days. Now, I understand when um, the British were over in, in, in India, mm -hmm. The the let's just say the military people in charge loved Indian food so much that they took the best of the best chefs back to in England with them. And, you know, when we, we went to England, there were these beautiful, wonderful restaurants. You can get the best Indian food, actually, in, Indi in, in, in England. And I think that's why. You're absolutely correct. And India, everybody wanted to go to India in the 1500s, 1400s yeah. for the spices. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And then not only that, India was invaded by so many people. I mean, in, uh, around 300 BC, mm -hmm. Alexander the Great came right. as far as India. Um, and then you had the Persians. And, of course, China is next door. Yes. So we had the best of the best cuisines. Yeah. <laughs> I remember going to England and these friends of ours invited us to dinner. Mm -hmm. And I thought I was trying to, in my mind, kind of um, quickly shuffle through the, the different kinds of meals that I knew were popular in England. And I'm, and I'm thinking um, all of the British type foods, which I, I'm going to say this, but it's probably rude. They were really flavorless. And well, so I'm going through my mind of all the different meals we, we might be having because they're taking us out to a nice restaurant. And then we get to an Indian restaurant. And I was so happy because all I could think of was this bland kind of whatever we were going to have. But sorry, you were going to say something. Yes, I was going to say they're bland. <laughs> it is, yeah, yeah. And even the potatoes came from the U.S. 
and I think tomatoes also came to the U- from the U.S. to England in the 1600s. Yeah, that, that's you're, you're possibly right. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so you're educated there, and how Correct. do you get? I don't want to interrupt mm-hmm. your, your the flow of your story because if there's m- much more that you want to talk about England, have at it. But I want to I want to take you over the pond, mm-hmm. and so now you're here in America. Mm-hmm. So did I skip over too much? You skipped over a lot. Okay, so go ahead and tell me <laughs> what what what's happening with you in England. Okay, so I'm five when I get to England, mm-hmm. and. The very first winter was a shock to me. I had never seen snow before. It was Mm. freezing cold, and you had to wear school uniform, even in the winter, shorts. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that was not a nice experience. But then came Christmas. And that was a turning point in my life. So had you heard about Christmas? Not at all. Okay, so Christmas is a brand new thing to you. Brand new. And you want to be like the other kids that are getting presents, probably. Oh, I loved it. I loved it. But then who is this Jesus? Mm-hmm. Who is this Jesus? And uh, because my sisters had taught me the Sikh prayers, told me about the Sikh gurus, and even at that age, I was inquisitive. Mm-hmm. I wanted to know. Who is true? Is it Jesus or the gurus? Interesting. At five years old, you're questioning. Yes. Okay. And I actually prayed a prayer. I had a Christmas card. There was a blue bell on it, and there was a red bell. And I prayed to God. I said, if Jesus is true, change the bells around. Do a miracle. On on the card? Yes. <laughs> wow. Wow. Um, so I was searching. And in those days, I was fortunate because they did have a full assembly, which was like a church service in the morning. You had, at the school. At the school. The whole school assembled. You had prayers. You read from the Bible. And uh, we had two hours of religious education every week. So I got to know about the Bible. Now, was this a Christian um, what, denominational school? Do you know, or was it? Or did they not commit to a denomination? Absolutely not. This was a a, a public school. Oh, just a public school? Oh, yes. Oh, interesting. Wow. Right throughout from infant school, they call it infant school, (laughs) elementary, to middle school, to high school, the whole school assembled. Okay. Yes. And that's how I found out about uh, the characters in the Bible. Now, you don't have to answer me, this, answer this question if you don't want to, but what year would this be in, if you're five years old? In 1957. Okay. Okay. So I've done the math. I know how old he is. <laughs> okay. Oh, you've so, got it. Um, so you, you're, you were introduced to all the characters in the Bible. Yes. So tell me about that. Well, one of the teachers, this is the very first semester, and they had a hard time pronouncing my name. Uh, I find Americans don't have a hard time <laughs> pronouncing the name. So she said, um, can you think of a Christian name? Because that's what they call the first names. That day, we had read about this young Jewish man, a teenager named David, who'd killed a giant named Goliath. Yeah. So I said, I want to be called David. You can call me David. <laughs> wow. That's beautiful. Yeah. And so did you grow up in that school being known as David for the rest of the time you're there? Yes. Interesting. Oh, wow. Okay. Yes. So when uh, are you done with the background part? Because I don't want to interrupt the flow here. There's quite a bit because okay, it's going. important. Um, then as a teenager, I got mixed up in an American cult. Oh. It was really... A double-edged sword. It was both a blessing and a curse. Uh, The blessing being that I was able to study the Bible deeply, and actually the cult was the Worldwide Church of God, based here in Pasadena. Mm -hmm. They had a Plain Truth magazine, Mm -hmm. and they had a radio program, which I had tuned into. Mm -hmm. And the man was very, very charismatic, Armstrong. Mm -hmm. And I I was barely a teenager. Mm -hmm. I got brainwashed. Sucked in. So I do know what is brainwashing. And I also know it's a hundred times harder to unbrainwash somebody. 
Because the reason I mention this is when you talk to a Sikh and you tell them you have decided to follow Jesus, they think you've been brainwashed. That's Mm -hmm. the first thing they think, or somebody's bribed you to become a Christian. Mm -hmm. So I do know what it is. Um, After, um, what was it, 1968 now, Mm -hmm. 68, and I'm graduating from high school. I've been involved with the cult for three years. I learned a tremendous amount about the Bible and the Old Testament. But then this cult said the world's going to end Mm -hmm. in 1975. Here I am, a 16-year-old, and I was terrified. Because in their theology and eschatology, there is no rapture. You go through the Great Tribulation. Mm -hmm. And I was terrified, and I had an acute depression, and I collapsed. And I had to be taken to hospital, and then I had uh, sedatives and counseling. Uh, after that, I decided I've got to throw this Bible away. It's a religion of fear. I don't want it. I was born a Sikh. I'll die a Sikh. Um, I don't want to follow this religion anymore. And I threw away my Bibles and I became very humanistic, secular. Um, man is the measure was my philosophy. Mm-hmm. Uh, man had just landed on the moon. Man can do anything. Man is the measure of all things was my philosophy. Eat, drink, and be merry for tomorrow you die. Wow. <laughs> Okay, so how did your parents feel about this? Because first you're diligently following the Bible, and then all of a sudden you toss it away and you've come back to Sikhism. So were they disappointed when you were following the Bible, and now they're happy that you, you're back into you know, the Sikh religion? I was a secret believer. They oh, didn't okay. know until I collapsed. And uh, my dad was obviously very upset. Right. And so was I. You know, why? You know, this can't be the true religion if this is what this causes. But I had no idea that this was a cult. Mm-hmm. But uh, the Hound of Heaven chased me for another 18 years. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I will come to that because then um, after I graduated, I went into business mm-hmm. because my father. Was in business. Yes, and I'm, he was sick. Um, I was supposed to do a, a PhD, uh, etc., and continue my studies, but I felt an obligation to take the business over. Uh, I hated it because I was God had gifted me a great intellect, and I really did want to continue my studies. But then the money started rolling in, and before long, I was driving a Rolls Royce. I bought a, a bigger home. I, uh, later on, I bought the building of our business. Because, well, maybe this is not so bad. Um, Life I, was good. Yes, I got married, and a year later, I had my son. And in Indian culture, a son is very important. Mm-hmm. Um, I was born to my dad very late in life. And uh, and you were the first son. Yes, and the uh, uh, only son. Mm-hmm. Um, I was given a lot of love with my family because I had two older sisters who were like moms. and you know, Everybody loved me. And so I had no lack of love there. We were a very well-to-do family in England, one of the prominent Punjabi families. My dad was very well known in the community. Mm-hmm. Um, we were nominal Sikhs, though. Okay. And when I went to England, there was no Gurdwara. That is the term for the Sikh temple, mm-hmm. Gurudwara. It literally Guru, means Gurudwara. Gurudwara. Yeah. Oh, that's a mouthful. Dwara. Gurudwara. Yeah. Gurudwara. Dwar is door. Mm-hmm. It is the door to Guru. To oh, God. Well, that makes sense. Yeah, the door to God is literally what it means. There was only one in the in the whole of England, um, and then in our neighborhood, my dad raised funds, and uh, we had another one built in our neighborhood. Okay. So then, my dad died. I was very close to him. Mm-hmm. I loved him very much, and he loved me. Mm-hmm. But the first time, it hit me. We're all going to die. What happens after death? And then I began to search again. There must be more to this, you know. You can, you know, materialism and it now, doesn't do, satisfy. Does the Sikh religion believe in reincarnation like Hindus do? 
Oh, yes. Okay. Yes. So the, that's where you thought you, you're thinking you'll come back to a better, per, you're a good person. You'll come back and you'll get one notch higher. Correct. And uh, I began to study Hinduism. I visited a Hindu temple. Uh, there's one outside London, a huge temple in a huge complex. But I found it obnoxious when I saw all the idols. The reason being what I had learned in school from the Old Testament and what happened to the Jews and because of their idolatry, how God punished them and mm -hmm. uh, sent them into uh, 70 years in slavery. Mm -hmm. uh, so I was uh, very, very aware of that. So and I didn't did not like it at all. I said, no, this is not for me. Then I got mixed up in an Indian um, sect that follows a person called Sai Baba, because mm. my cousins were into that. Mm. Sai Baba is supposed to be the, I think, the 11th incarnation of Vishnu, mm -hmm. God in the flesh. Mm -hmm. And he was from South India. I got mixed up in that. And then um, I actually saw demonic miracles. Interesting because this is all demonic. Um, uh, the room where they worship this Sai Baba, the walls were covered with pictures of Hindu gods and goddesses, even the Sikh gurus. There's a picture of Buddha, Jesus. Um, so it's all-encompassing. It sounds a little bit like the Baha'is, but different. A little they're, different, they're, yes. they're bringing all of that together. Um, maybe even transcendental, transcendental meditation. Dental meditation. Yeah, say that five <laughs> times. Okay, so you you get involved in that, and you see some demonic. Oh, absolutely! Yes, yeah. yes. Um, what kind of miracles are they? Are they healings or? Oh no, no. Oh. Um, to give you an example, uh, one of the main miracles is holy ash which they call pabuti, holy ash. It's supposed to be ashes actually of dead people materializing inside the picture frames of these gods and goddesses and gurus. Mm. And then um, petals would move to form the letter S for, for Sai Baba. Oh, S. wow. Um, there was a garland of flowers hanging between the door posts that would start moving on its own. Okay, I think I've heard enough. <laughs> so you 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 see some of these demonic things happening, and do you stay with that? Ah, one day my wife's cousin is visiting for a wedding from San Francisco. So I pick him up from the airport, and we're coming home, and his eyes go straight to the picture of Sai Baba I've stuck on the dashboard. <laughs> And he says, who is, wh why have you got this picture, this demonic evil person? I said, what are you talking about? He says, Sai Baba, he's the incarnation of Vishnu. He said, hogwash, rubbish. Uh, I lived in Bangalore where he is based. And the University of Bangalore challenged him to do his, he actually did miracles in India too. Mm -hmm. He would materialize rings out of thin air. He would uh, materialize fruit out of season, all sorts of things. And he said the University of Bangalore challenged him to do this in a, a, a controlled situation and without his gown on, the long gown. Um, and he said, oh, this, is, this, is, this is all false, and, but I wouldn't believe it. Uh, because when you're brainwashed, well, you're falling. And I had read a lot of his books and what he wrote and etc. But then after he left, one day I came home late because I had to come uh, pick up my dad's medications. Mm -hmm. So I come home and there's a bag. <clears throat> In the bag, there's pears, peaches and cords for tying up women's pants. It's called a salwar and, you know, tie up your pants with it. <clears throat> and the first thing I think is, this is, uh, somebody's done black magic. So I am in that sort of mindset, and I decide, what do I do? This is somebody's done black magic. What am I going to do? Mm -hmm. So I thought, let me go to the place where they meet for the Sai Baba, because the young teenage boy in the house 
uh, is apparently in communion with the Baba, Sai Baba, and he can answer your questions. So I drive off to this house, and this young boy, he's barely 13, he goes into a room, closes the door, um, comes out 20 minutes, like in a daze, as though he's taken drugs or something. And he says, yes, I was with Sai Baba, and I was also with the mother goddess, and we were riding on a tiger and flying over the Himalayas and etc. And I said to him, but I asked you to ask Baba, was this a curse on me, black magic? What was this uh, in the bags? Who did this? What was this all about? He said, yes. Baba said, yes, you've been cursed. It was black magic. Somebody's cursed you. And um, I then said, well, can you ask Baba who it is? So he goes in the room again, doesn't come out for about 20 minutes or so. And uh, he said, no, uh, Baba says, you don't want to know. We don't want to tell you. He doesn't want to tell you. You don't need to know. I, You know, you don't need to know. Um, the only thing is, Baba said, um, it's uh, so that your business goes down and their business goes up. I said, no, you've got to go back. <laughs> I need to know who it is. So he's go back in there again comes out about 20 minutes later. He says, no, Baba says, you don't want to know. No, 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 you don't want to know. I said, I do want to know. And he said, it was your sister. And my jaw dropped. How can it be my sister? Uh, my sisters love me. Um, but when you're brainwashed, you think, how can Sai Baba be wrong? He's the incarnation of God. How can that be wrong? So I said, go back in and ask him how to break this curse. So he goes back in, and it's uh, 20, 30 minutes later. By now, it's like almost midnight. And he comes out, and um, he says, yes, Baba said you've got to take the bag, and you've got to throw all that stuff in the ocean, or in a river, or in a large lake to break the curse. So I said, okay, thank you. I just get in the car, drive as fast as I can, come home. My mom's still waiting for me in the in the living room. I just go straight to the dining table, pick up the bag and rush out. And she's trying to call me back. Come back, come back. Where are you going? Come back, come back. I said, I'll be back in a minute. So I was a lake about 10, 15 minutes away. I took the bag and I drove as fast as I could. It was midnight. It was totally dark. The moon was in the sky. There were swans on the lake. I just threw the bag as fast as I could into the lake and then heaved a sigh of relief. Finally, the curse is over. Then I drive calmly back home and my mom is still waiting. And she says, well, where did you go? Where did you take the bag? I said, look, I went to the Baba and he told me it was a curse. And she said, you stupid boy, that was a neighbor. She left me her apples and pears from her garden. And I asked her to get me a cord for my uh, pants. And I'm like dumbstruck and I can't sleep all night. How can this be? It can't be true. So as soon as I get up in the morning, I call the neighbor and she said, I said, she said, is everything okay? I said, yeah. I said, did you leave anything? She said, yeah, yes. I left a bag. There was pears, apples and a cord. Your, your mama asked me to get the cord and the pears from my garden. I said, okay, okay. No, everything fine. It was fine. Thank you. And I, I hang up. I go straight to the, the pictures I have of the Hindu gods and goddesses I had and uh, Sai Baba. I get the pictures out of the frames. I get a match and I light it and I burn them up in the backyard. And I said, I was born a Sikh. I'll just stay a Sikh. Forget all this and uh, just eat, drink and be merry. Okay, so I'm going to have to speed things up here. Yeah, because we're still on question number one as your background, <laughs> and we've got to get to your testimony. Yes. So quickly go through the rest of your background. Yes, sure. And then we need to get to the most important thing, which is your testimony. So let's wrap the uh, you go ahead and quickly go through the rest of the things. Yes. Uh, in okay. your background. Like I said, I'd thrown the Bible away. Okay. I never read it for 18 years. Right. But the hand of heaven was after me. Okay. And in May 1984, I had a dream. And it was no ordinary dream. It was from God. Okay. I was stuck in a maze. The walls were very high. I could not get out. 
everywhere I went, there was a dead end. Everywhere I went, it was a dead end. And it was getting towards dusk. And finally, I see a little light. So I run that way. And sure enough, that was the exit. And soon as I get out, I look up. It's nothing there except one huge billboard. And it had three letters on it. USA. Okay. So I got up in the morning and I told my wife about the dream. And I said, I had this dream, you know. I've always wanted to go to the USA, but while my dad was alive, he would never let me go because he said, um, there's too much violence there, <laughs> these guns. <laughs> and I was the only son that he was, you know, he didn't want me to go there. So I said, I had this dream, you know. He said, well, why don't you go? So within two weeks, I was here. I, Just for a visit or to live? To, for a visit. Okay. So I had a friend who moved here. And, and you had a cousin that lived in San Francisco or something. Yes, yes. Okay. So I loved it. I loved the weather. I loved the country. I loved the American people, the free, independent, self-sufficient spirit, positive thinking. Um, and I told him, I want. how do I move here? So he took me to a lawyer and uh, there was a, he said, you can get a business visa, buy a business. So... Um, I bought a business here. It was a pizza franchise. And the Hound of Heaven hadn't given up because a year, two years after I bought the restaurant, this was in 19 October 87, uh, somebody left a book. I didn't know who it was. I put it in the drawer. Nobody came back. After two weeks, I was going to throw it in the trash can. Then I looked at the title. It was This Late Great Planet Earth by Hal Lindsey. I thought, wow. I love her. The only fiction I read is science fiction. That might be interesting. When I opened it to my surprise, it was about Bible prophecy. And for the first time, I heard about the concept of the rapture and that you're not going to go through the tribulation, which had caused my acute depression when I was uh, 16. Started reading it, I read it, and for the first time, I got a different picture of eschatology. So then there was a Christian bookstore nearby where I lived, and I got a few more books by the same author, and one of them was Combat Faith. And for the first time, I realized what grace was, because the cult I was in, and most cults are works-based. Works-oriented. You earn your salvation mm -hmm. by doing good works, doing right. this, doing that. I learned what was grace. Mm -hmm. and that when Jesus died, and this was a sentence that caught my attention, and that was a moment of my salvation where the light just switched on. When Jesus died, he died for all your sins, past, present, and future. It's a done deal, and nobody can take it away. Well, when you think about it, Jesus died 2,000 years ago, so all of our sins when he died, were future. Correct. He died for future sins that were going to happen to everybody that died after he, I mean, after, you know, that were born after he died. Absolutely. And rose again. Correct. And went to, so, so they were all future sins anyway. Right. And so when you accept Jesus, yeah, he died, you know, over 2,000 years ago. It captured everything. Absolutely. Okay. So you read that and you say what? The light came on. I accepted Jesus as my savior. Nobody preached to me. I never went to church. I, I was actually in my bedroom when I read that. I got on my knees in my bedroom and I accepted Jesus as my Lord and savior. And I never looked back. And I had such a sense of peace and joy and love. I and worried that was less. instantly. Instantly, yes. Hmm. Hey, good. I good. knew it was the truth. Yes. And then I had lots of questions. How, how can Jesus be God? You know, virgin birth. And I tuned into a radio station, KKLA, and there was Walter Martin. By God's <laughs> sovereign grace, I tuned into him. And of all things, he was talking about the cult I was in and that he'd written a book on it. Kingdoms of 
kingdom of the cults. cults and he actually has a small booklet on Armstrongism. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I got that and I read it. And then I got videos. It used to be those videotapes in those days yeah, it was... of a debate between his son and uh, a Christian. And then I got the transcript. And the reason I say I know what brainwashing is and how hard it is to get it out of your head, because every time I would read the Armstrong argument in the debate, I say, yes, 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 that's true. And they would quote scriptures. I say, yes, yes, that's true. And then the other side would quote uh, rejoinder. And I said, no, that's true. That's true. It took me quite a while to really uh, get to the bottom of it. And the changing point was the concept of the Holy Spirit, because the cult said, the whole, like Jehovah's Witness, the Holy Spirit is a force. But then when I read in Acts, where the couple had kept some money behind, mm-hmm. and uh, it says in Acts that you haven't lied to man, you lied to the Holy Spirit, you lied to God. I know. I tell people this when they either wrong me or whatever, and they or they wrong someone else, and I say, you're, you're okay with that? And they go, well, you know, he wronged me. And I go, but but what about God? Absolutely. What, what about God in, in this? Um, because, you know, our, our natural tendency is to want to get even. Absolutely. Somebody does something to you, you'd never want to forgive them. Plus, you want to get even. So you do, you know, you kick them in the shins or you do whatever you do. But what about God? Absolutely. He's your He's your avenger. He's, he says, you know, not to take revenge. Absolutely. He's the one that's going to take care of that person. They're digging a hole for you over here. They're going to fall in. You don't have to push them in. They'll fall in because God lets that happen. Absolutely. But uh, go ahead. I, you know, I'm, I'm looking at the time. The, the biggest thing was, and God has blessed me with a, a sharp intellect. Um, and I don't usually talk about this, but... Uh, in London, they did an IQ test, which turned out for me to be 160. Uh, which yeah, it's is, over 130, so you're in the genius range. Yeah, right up there with Einstein, I was told. Yes, yes. So I wanted to investigate Christianity. Is it really true? Mm-hmm. What but this is after you've it? accepted Jesus? Uh, this was actually simultaneous. Yeah, kind after, of at the same time. Yes. You're, because you're, I want, I had questions, intellectual you're questions. You're searching your... Yes, I wanted all... answers. Right, okay. And the turning point was the evidence for the resurrection. And I got Josh McDowell's book, More Than a Carpenter, Evidence That Demands a Verdict. And I realized that there's so much evidence for the resurrection of Jesus. And like Simon Greenleaf says, that there's more evidence for the resurrection than any other event in history. And that was the, the, you know, the thing that undergirded my faith intellectually. It was not a blind faith. If Jesus rose from the dead, it validates who he was and everything he said. And that was when I put my hands up. I said, God, I surrender. I'm cornered. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely true. And you can prove it today. And that was when I also started getting into apologetics digging deeper for the evidence for for Christianity. And also, it awakened in me a desire to learn more about my own religion so that I can tell my people about Jesus in the context of their belief system. Uh, And um, I also did did, uh, classes in evangelism. And you're doing this where? At a church? or this, I went to Grace Community Church. Okay. I needed solid biblical teaching by... John MacArthur. Who I consider to be one of the best. He is very good, yeah. Actually, my grandson, I'll just say his name, Johnny J. He's in their master program at their master's university. Wonderful. And so he's, he, you know, he's hearing Josh, I mean, um, John Mac- Mac- MacArthur... I guess almost daily. Wonderful. But, Actually, it was a, a, the lady at the bookstore. I'd never been to a church. And I bought a book by uh, Dave Hunt. And uh, she said, do you know he's going to be speaking today at a church? Oh, I said, yeah, which church? And she said, Grace Community Church. I'd never been to a church before. And this was on a Wednesday evening. 
So she gave me the address, and I go there. I'd never been to a church, and it was huge. It's a big church, yeah. Big church. And then somebody says to me, oh, do you know so-and-so at this church? He's from India. And I said, oh, my goodness, there's Indian Christians? There's other. So I said, I've got to come back here. So uh, I come back, and that's where I had my uh, Actually, I came back the following day, and I came to the pastor, one of the pastors. I said, I want to get baptized. He said, hold on, hold on. Tell me about yourself. <laughs> he said, you've got to take some classes. So we took the classes, Fundamentals of the Faith, and we both got baptized at Grace Community Church. Who, who is we both? Me and my wife. Oh, so she accepts the Lord, too. That will have to wait till part two, probably. Okay. She does. And she doesn't. And uh, there's a lot. It took actually 10 years before she really solidly accepted the Lord. But being a wonderful wife in an Indian culture, she felt she... She felt obliged to do it and yes. go through the motions, but yes. didn't, didn't go through the motions in her heart. Is that right? Well, after 10 years, there's a lot more to that. But... Um, she was actually exposed to Jesus in the village in India. She saw a picture of Jesus. He always used to wonder who he was. We took the classes together for three months. She did understand Christianity. I do believe that she sincerely did believe when she got baptized. But then my wonderful mother-in-law would come and she would remind her, you're a Sikh. you born a Sikh. you die a Sikh. This is not the religion. It's the religion of the Western people, white people. This is not your religion. And then she would backslide again. And it just went over a period of 10 years. Then she would go to church and go off. So, so let me ask you this. So do you stay at Grace Community Church? We stayed there for five years. Yes. And then we went to a local daughter church, which is now called the Bridge Bible Church. Okay. Um, and uh, we've been there ever since. But you, you got you got some really good foundation laid in Absolutely. your early years. So that that's super. Now, um, I, I I don't I don't dare ask another question because <laughs> we'll be here you know over our time. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to invite you back for another show. Okay. And so for the viewers. Um, that are that are kind of on pins and needles here, wanting to hear all about Sikhism, and and how you minister to the Sikh, which is um, which is going to be a different show. Um, so you're watching currently episode eighty six, and I'm going to have you come back so that um, in a week, and we're going to then do. Um, the background of Sikhism, how you decide to, this is really your ministry yes. that you're doing. Yes. So your ministry right now is ministering to the Sikhs. Correct. And so, and I understand that you're also writing a book, yes. which is almost done. So for the people that may not be able to get back to your next show, which will be episode um, 86, this is 84. So you'll be coming back a week from today. I would like for you to give an email address so that they can find your story yes. and find you and communicate with you. Um, so would you give your email address yes. out um, yes. uh, for the viewers? Yes, it is truth seekers. That is spelled truth, but seekers is spelled S-I-K-H-E-R-S. And it's all one word at gmail.com. Okay, say it again, please. Truth Seekers, that's S-I-K-H-E-R-S at gmail.com. Okay, Jasveer, I want to thank you for being here today, and I'll thank you in advance for coming back um, to go over Sikhism with us. And for your viewers, if any of his testimony resonates with you, um, maybe growing up in a church, he didn't grow up in a church, but he went to school daily and got biblical teaching. Maybe you grew, grew up in a different religion. Maybe you got involved with a cult like he did and got brainwashed. Whatever it is, and you decide right now the Lord is speaking to you, 
and you would like to turn away from whatever it is you're involved in and follow Jesus. And I love to use the story of, of Matthew when Matthew was behind the booth and collecting taxes and he had his little tax book of who he's going to take, take more money than he should cheating the people out of money working for the, you know, Matthew was a traitor in, in some ways to the Jews. He was working for the, for the um, Romans. But when Jesus looked at him, it says in Matthew, Jesus looked at a man called Matthew and said, come, follow me. That look was enough for Matthew to follow him. If that's you today and Jesus is calling you and you'd like to follow him, say this little prayer with me. Dear Jesus, come into my heart. Cleanse me of all my sins of the past, present, and future. I want to follow you. Be my Lord and Savior today in Jesus' name. If you meant that with your whole heart and are leaving the past behind and are following Jesus, just like he did, just like I did, then call us at 951-817-0094, or you can touch base with um, Jasphere um, at his email address that he gave earlier, or you can email me at on the road with Jesus. And down on my website, you'll find a place that you can email me from. So my website is on the road, R-H-O-D-E, with Jesus. Thank you for joining us. And join us again with the follow-up on Sikhism with Jasphere. Thank you. And thank you, Jasphere. Thank you for being here today for On the Road with Jesus with your host, Rody Fisher. Every week, you'll hear experiences and testimonies from her and her friends as they share their journey with Jesus. You'll see that you're not alone in your search for God, your victories with Him, or your failures. If you have a question about today's show, email Rody Fisher at rawfisher at ontheroadwithjesus.com. Spelled R-A-H-F-I-S-H-E-R at ontheroadwithjesus.com. Or leave a voicemail at 951-817-0094. That's 951-817-0094. On the Road with Jesus is sponsored by Global Expressions Language Project. Learn more at asquaredlamps.org. That's the letter A, squaredlamps.org. Be sure to join us each week at this same time for more On the Road with Jesus, hosted by Rody Fisher. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.